on the Newman Jets Audio Network. This is the JetCast, the official podcast of Newman University Athletics, featuring exclusive interviews with coaches, players, administrators, and more. The JetCast podcast is brought to you by Ascension Via Christi, Donlinger Construction, Mel Hambledon Ford, Eck Agency, Dr. Brennan Lucas and Advanced Orthopedic Associates, Keystone Solid Surfaces, Big Corner Creative, Pepsi, and by I Cryo Recovery and Wellness. Here's the voice of the Newman Jets, Blake Cripps. We are back to wrap up some of our fall sports. We are also looking ahead to winter sports. This week on episode 81 of the JetCast, this will be our last show before Thanksgiving. We'll take the Thanksgiving week off. We'll come back for two more weeks ahead of finals, and then we'll be off for our Christmas vacation. Of course, this one is dropping early for you today. We do have Newman Jets basketball opening up the gate tonight. Newman versus Sterling College, 7 o'clock, men's only affair. It'll be the only single men's basketball game that's on the schedule this year, 7 o'clock for the tip-off. You can listen to the game, of course, on the Newman Jets Audio Network, newmanjets.com slash listen. We'll have Stevie Strong on to talk about that in just a moment. Also, our SID Jordan Kuderer is coming on the show. He'll be our last segment. But we are wrapping up fall sports today with, of course, Coach Marisa Compton, the volleyball team, 8-22 and 22 on the season, 3-17 and 17 in her first year. We're going to talk about all that some postseason awards as well coach compton how are you how has the first couple of weeks of the postseason treated you it's good i've been hitting recruiting hard and uh you know you think it's slow down now the season's done but it, it doesn't and i'm a little sad i told my kids i we had a team meeting yesterday and it was nice to see them i miss seeing them every day in the gym so i'm kind of in that weird postseason a little sad it's over but trying to get busy recruiting does abby burrow have to come to those meetings anymore or she does she does have to come she does and she's still trying to decide what she's going to do she still has um, two semesters left of nursing so okay. there's a possibility that she could use her covid season and be back next fall okay we would i mean we would love she did celebrate senior day so that's a little a n- little breaking news here <laughs> on the Judcast. that would be great um it, are you at a point in the year where you have like certain contact restrictions you know in terms of I know that you know there's a limit on practice time right yeah. now can't be training in the gym but but how how often can you meet what what's what's the day-to-day operations of a volleyball program here in in this part of the year uh, right now we're in the period we have to have two weeks off um, once you conclude your season so right now we're in that two-week kind of dead period um, and then with next week being Thanksgiving we'll still be off and then again the NCAA requires a week off before finals so um, we're pretty much other than our individual like end of the season meetings we're pretty much um, wrapped up for volleyball for the semester. How do you feel like this transition went for you year one at an NCAA Division II program coming from the Jayhawk Conference obviously much higher level of volleyball but at the same time you, as you know, there are a lot of those kids that go on to play at MIAA schools, really good MIAA yep. schools, and there are a lot of really good MIAA uh, volleyball players and a lot of really good junior college players and teams in the Jayhawk as well. So how do you think that transition went for you? Uh, I think it went well. Um, you know, volleyball, no matter what level you're at, it's pretty similar. Um, but uh, it was a good learning experience for me, um, just kind of, learning more of the operational side of things of how division two volleyball works and, um, you know, playing back-to-back conference matches is something new for me. Um, typically in the Jayhawk, we played on Wednesdays. So we had one conference game a week and then we'd play tournaments on Friday, Saturday. So, um, that was something new for me, but, uh, overall, uh, I think it went 
went well. well. And obviously for the team, I know that there were a couple of more wins that you thought that you could have had, but you do get four Jets on the All-MIAA squad. I believe that that is a program record for the Jets, maybe on any all-conference team. Certainly in the MIAA, it's a, it's a record for you guys. Um, and I know that all four of those were very deserving and probably a couple more Jets that were maybe real close to, to receiving some serious consideration. Yeah, I was really happy about that. The the girls that got the all-conference honors, it was well-deserved. And um, it's always nice to see your players get recognized for their, their efforts and their hard work. And so I was really happy about that. I didn't know what to expect being sure. new and um, where we finish in conference, you never know. So to get four players on that, I think, says a lot for those players. Yeah, it says a lot about your program and you as well. And, you know, you look at the record and, and volleyball is a sport maybe unlike any of the other ones. And, and there are certain you can always look at the box score and look and say, well, this basketball team's losing close or this football team's within, you know, one possession. Um, but, man, you guys took a lot of sets, and you mentioned so many times, God, boy, boy, in the sport, these margins sure are small sometimes, aren't they? Absolutely. I think um, our record this year doesn't tell the whole story about how our season went. Um, you know, I thought we were very competitive in a lot of matches. I know looking back over the stats and stuff from the year, um, you know, we played a lot more sets this year, which means we were winning some sets and matches okay. um, that they weren't the previous season, and, and we improved in almost all statistical categories. So, um, you know, those are things that you're looking for as a coach when you're rebuilding is things other than those wins that, that maybe you made improvements on that don't always show up um, in the record. And so those were some things that I was happy about from the season. Obviously, though, as you build a program, you want to improve. Greg Marshall, Wichita State basketball coach, used to say at the end of the day, you're judged by a score and yeah. a record. Now you're in the offseason, and now it's the time to address that. What are some of the things that you're looking to address in terms of not necessarily in recruiting but the girls that you have coming back in terms of what you feel you can improve on to make that next step to contend for? I know that was in St. Joseph this year. I don't. We don't know where it's going to be. Do you know where it's going to be? MIAA tournament where? Is it going to be next year? I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be in St. Joe again or if they're going to change it. Wherever it's going to be. I know you, you guys want to yes. want to have a bus ride up there. <laughs> um, what, what are the things that you feel like you need to do and Coach Sorowski diagnosing in terms of the drills to get things ready to, to make those improvements? Yeah. Um, a couple of things that I thought we did really well were defensively and blocking-wise. We were at the top of the conference. We were, I believe we finished second in blocks per set, and we were tied for third for digs per set. So those are some things um, that we want to keep at that level. Um, some things that I'd like to see us improve on this spring. Um, like I said, we're keeping the ball off the floor, and so now it's finding ways to um, score and working with our hitters and, and moving the ball a little bit around a little bit more finding some open courts so that maybe we can earn some more points because I think we were taking a lot of good swings we didn't make a ton of errors a lot of times but um, we just weren't always the ones that were earning the points and so doing some of that with our hitters is working on some of those things and working on those different shots and getting them comfortable hitting those different shots um, obviously we talked about it a lot in the fall you heard me I talk about it about to say. Yep, serve receive our passing um, it's something we started out really strong in um, in the first half of the season and we kind of fell off a little bit and so um, you know that serve and pass we'll work on that a lot this spring and keep I thought our serving got more aggressive as we went along but it's still not exactly where I want it to be so keep working on that this spring so those are three of the main things that I know right now that we need to get better at. Well, looking at the girls that you have back, I mean, you're going to have, especially if Abby comes back, yep. and obviously <clears throat> we don't know, we're not confirming that right now. <laughs> Although, uh, Abby, if you're watching, we'd love to see you again in number seven in Navy and Red. But um, you guys will have a massive senior class next year. Yep. Um, 
for them, I know that they would love to leave some sort of a legacy here in terms of being the group that turned it around. You've got a mix in there of some four-year players, some of which you did not recruit. Obviously, a couple that you did recruit mm -hmm. at the junior conference level. Um, but it's going to be a senior class loaded with experience and leadership and a lot of sets played, a lot of statistics coming back yes. off, off last year's team with those seniors. How important is that core group of five and I think it's five, and may maybe if Abby comes back, it'll be six with a graduate. Um, how important is that group going to be? I think they'll be really important, and I think part of it is that group will have now spent a year and a half with me also, and so I think that will help. But just their experience, a lot of them have played – a lot of minutes even before I got here and so their experience in this conference and what they've been doing and I think they've just been getting better every year so I'm excited to see what they do going into their senior year. I know that one of the things that you changed in the middle of the season was the offense yep. to tweak it a little bit change some rotation uh, had some players that were playing a big role before a big role last year that didn't play as much got reinserted trying to just fine-tune and figure out where everybody's going to fit because there were times I think everybody on the roster for you at times played really, really well. Yep. And there were some that played really well the whole year, like Riley Doherty. That's why she's second team all conference. And I know that uh, young Miss Meyer, the freshman, uh, didn't get much time, but boy, she was a fireball when she came in. Um, but how do you kind of, I, I feel like you as a coach have a really <coughs> interesting off season with coach Sorowski, because if, you know, especially if Abby does come back, I know you're still recruiting, but you've got a lot of players who probably you feel like can give you some points, give you digs, blocks, whatever their role is. Yep. And, you know, you can only play six at once. Yeah, uh, that's a good problem to have as a coach <laughs> uh, if you're trying to figure out. And I think that was part of it this year. Um, different people were doing different things at different times. And so we were trying to just figure out at that moment who was going to give us the best chance to, to win. And, um, you know, both those lineups were competitive at different times. And so um, – this year, like I said, in the off season, I think it's finding some consistency with players and, and like I said, working on those few things and um, finding some pieces that will kind of complement what we already have in the off season. Uh, you mentioned the off season, the two-week break. That does not apply to the coaches, though. No. Uh, I've <laughs> noticed uh, we had a, a, a kind of a fall meeting and uh, Coach Compton had to zoom in, and she was already on the road. I'm sure you were already on the recruiting trail. Yes. Um, I wanted to ask about that. How hard is it to recruit when you know – you know, you don't obviously know the entire picture. I'm sure that there are going to be discussions. There are probably in this transfer portal era. We're always going to be players that don't come back, that you do expect, don't expect. You'll have those conversations in the coming weeks. But when you have such a big group to come in, you know, kids want to come in and play these days. That's yeah. just the way it is. So is that a more of a challenge recruiting now than maybe it would have been like 10 years ago when kids were maybe a little bit more patient? I think so. I think it throws a little wrinkle in it as coaches. Um, but, you know, as coaches, we're always looking, you know, two, three years ahead too. Sure. So sometimes the kids that, you know, this 23 class and 24 have to think, like, we're losing a big senior class after next year. And so there's going to be, you know, we're going to need some depth in positions. Um, and so a lot of times too, like for me, for this 23 class, like I want some kids that are going to be here a year. So I'm not having, you know, half my team be brand new. Sure. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of a, 
you can, it's kind of a puzzle that you got to piece together. And like I said, you have to be um, looking ahead a little bit farther than just the next year. Now, one thing I did want to ask about, what's your philosophy? You're a junior college coach, so I know that you believe in the junior college system. You put a lot of these players into Division Two. You know, I, I'm not sure if you got anybody in Division Three NAI, what all levels you had, but I'm sure that you put players in many different levels mm -hmm. of college programs. So you believe in transfers, you believe in junior colleges, but there are a lot of schools, a lot of coaches that want four-year players. So as a former junior college coach yourself, what's your philosophy in terms of four-year players you want to bring in and junior college transfers that you want to bring in? Because you definitely did have some impact JUCO transfers on this team this year. Yeah, I think um, mine would probably be having a mix. Obviously, you want some kids that are part of your program for four years, and I think those are the ones that, you know, down the road are, are leaders in your program. And sometimes I think you need a few pieces here and there that are some experienced players that can bring some um, good experience. A lot of them play a lot of minutes, so they're coming in with playing experience. So if you need some of those, you know, upper-class positions. Um, and I think, too, when you're trying to rebuild a program, if you get some kids from some you know, two-year programs or transfer kids that have been part of a successful program that it can help build that team culture when you're trying to, to turn a program around and win. So for Coach Compton, still a lot of work to be had, but it's going to be a while before we see the volleyball team. I can confirm we will have Newman Jets volleyball coverage on the Newman Jets Audio Network next season. What form that will take, we don't know. It was fun to do all the home games this year, though, Coach. Appreciate your time. And uh, yeah. for the first time, and because Coach Lugo, he kind of skated off easy, only like three <laughs> or four matches. Uh, you had to talk with me a lot this year, but I uh, as I tell Coach Johnson and Coach Allen every season, you enjoy your vacation from me as well <laughs> this offseason. Thank you so much for the time this year. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. We'll be back with more of our JetCast. We'll talk men's basketball. As I mentioned, we're dropping this JetCast early today. The men are in action, opening up Fugate Gymnasium against Sterling College. We'll talk with the sophomore sensation Stevie Strong coming up next on the show. I often get asked about my skincare routine. One thing that has really helped my skin is the cryofacial. It helps eliminate fine lines while stimulating collagen production. And the best part about it is it's only a 12-minute session and there's completely no downtime. No need to schedule a reservation. You can walk right in and try one today. I Cryotherapy and Wellness, North Mays Road across from New Market Square. 316-330-7474. 330-7474. Hi friends, Phil Nightingale, General Manager of Mel Hamilton Ford. It's hard to believe, but Mel Hamilton Ford moved out to the big corner of 119th and West Kellogg 20 years ago. At Mel Hamilton Ford, taking care of customers is our number one priority. As our team continues to grow, we never forget our employees make the difference with our customers. When you're deciding where to purchase a car or have service work done, choose us. I promise you, our experienced team will take great care of you, whatever you need. Mel Hamilton Ford, taking care of customers since 1984. Experience the difference. Once again, this JetCast is dropping early. It is the season-opening basketball game of the year at Fugate Gymnasium tonight, 7 o'clock for the tip-off. The Newman Jets hosting Sterling College. Of course, we'll have it covered for you on the Newman Jets Audio Network, newmanjets.com slash listen, or you can watch on the MIAA Network, the MIAA Network.com slash Newman. Stevie Strong, sophomore guard out of Kansas City by way of Hayesville, Kansas, joins us. 14 points per game last year. He had 40 in NU's first game of the season, just the third 40-plus point game in Newman history. Uh, Stevie, congratulations on that, and congratulations on 
the one-on-one start to the season. Thank you. Though I, I obviously, the, the 40 points had to feel very, very good. How do you feel like the offense was flowing in that first game in the win over Concordia St. Paul to open up the season? I feel like the offense was good. Um, we started off a little slow. Uh, first game jitters, I thought. Uh, but as the game continued to go on, we got comfortable and we got relaxed and things start opening up. And, you know, you are not necessarily going to be the biggest guy in the MIAA, but you are not afraid to throw your weight around. You, how, who taught you about getting to the free throw line? Because you make so many free throws. You were fourth in the conference last year in free throw percentage. You went 13 for 14, which, by the way, that was also in the top 10 of 13 free throws and single-game free throws. So you make a lot of offense at the free throw line. There are a lot of guys that just don't care about free throws, shoot free throws. How did you become connected to that free throw line? Uh, I just started just attacking the paint, uh, not being scared to go in the paint, attacking the paint. And if you do those things, then you have to be good at the free throw line. So practicing free throws, warming up in free throw line. Uh, And last year, I don't remember what the record is, but uh, I don't know if you knew this. You actually set the – and we didn't even have records at the time – but you actually set the most free throws to open a season consecutively made. That's you, by the way. (laughs) I don't know if you knew that. So I I did How much practice do you put in at the free throw line? Obviously, I mean, you've got a very – it's a very quick, short, sweet delivery. Uh, obviously, it's working for you. Yeah, I just get up there not to try to think about it too much. Don't psych myself out. Uh, yeah. see, you see all these guys that, you know, they do all this and they got this, you know, they count to five and all that. You're very, very – get the ball and shoot. I don't, do you even dribble? I think I take I think I take one dribble. Maybe one, one dribble, dribble. One dribble. But yeah, it, get it up. and just get get it up. But any difference that you feel last year versus this year? Last year obviously there were a blend of new and old players coming in. You were a freshman trying to find your way. Didn't play as much in the beginning of the year obviously. You earned a lot more time as the year came on, but you're kind of one of the returning guys even though you're just a sophomore. You're one of the veterans on this team it feels like. So what's the difference for you coming into this season and and how you feel? Uh, last year, I was I was more of a learning, learning uh, in a learning role, learning what the system was, how to uh, uh, play through this system. And this year, I'm more of a teacher, I'm more of a leader. Came in a leader role, um, teaching all the new guys what it looks like to play here and how to play here, how to be effective here. Do you feel like that – does that come naturally to you? I, I think for some sophomores and underclassmen, you know, it's not necessarily expected. You know, you wait till you're a junior or a senior to lead, but it seems like that's coming naturally to you. What do you attribute that to? Just being a leader my whole life. Uh, I always was always a leader uh, in youth groups and uh, bitty ball and all the way up. So it's just – Something natural that just came. <laughs> you, you know, Coach Allen has said many times on this show and in, in broadcast, you know, that you have what I've called ignorance of the moment. When it comes in, it doesn't matter how big the moment is. It, you said, you know, Stevie doesn't care. Stevie will go in. It doesn't matter if we're playing Northwest Missouri or the Los Angeles Lakers. Stevie's going to think that he can get his job done in the game. You know, what's your mindset when, when you go into these big games? There's a lot of big-time programs in this, you know, national championships in this league, but you – you always attack everybody. Yeah, I just feel like they got to guard us too. They got to guard us. I know that it's a bunch of big names in our conference because our conference is so elite, but 
our mindset is they have to guard us. Well, and you're you're becoming one of the big names in this conference, and I know that there are a couple other guys who are newcomers on this team. How do you feel like the new guys are being brought along as you've been trying to teach them what it is to play Newman Jets basketball? Uh, a lot of newcomers that came with – we've got a lot, a lot of skillful guys. They already know how to play basketball. They're very elite. They have elite skill sets. Now we're just trying to translate it into – what we do, and then combine them all together uh, as a team. Last year, you guys got off to a little bit of a slow start. How much more confidence do you feel like this team is playing with to go out and, and put that kind of an offensive performance? It was the most that a Newman team has scored in a season opener in the Division Two history of the program, uh, and I think the most since 2004. It tied that against Kansas Wesleyan. But, I mean, you guys came out, and, and offensively at least, I'm sure Coach Allen is going to work on the defense, which was better in the second game. But uh, offensively, you guys really clicked in that second half especially. How much more confidence do you feel like this team is playing with uh, i think we walked into the game with a lot of confidence we knew how uh how much work we put in and how much uh sacrifice we done uh leading up to it so it just showed in the game uh what we put in another thing that i'm not sure that you were aware of i'm not sure i, I think i've told coach allen but you are the all-time leading freshman scorer in the history of newman men's basketball did you know that i did not know that how, how does that make you feel it makes you feel good <laughs> it, should, it should you played really well final question for you you've got sterling college coming in you guys have got a, a couple of tune-up games here before the miwa obviously i know that coach allen's going to have plenty of war stories from several trips down to the berg center with Dallas Baptist when we were former uh, Heartland Conference rivals a few years ago before you showed up. But what do you want to see this team continue to do to continue to build confidence as you get ready for the MIAA as you play Sterling tonight? Uh, I just want to see us continue to build uh, chemistry with each other on both offense and defense. Uh, I feel like once we click and bring everybody's skill set together, we're going to be really dangerous. Uh, we'll see how dangerous this team is tonight. It's the Jets and the Warriors. Once again, you come see this guy play. I don't know if he's going to get 40 again, but I bet he gets something against Sterling College tonight. It's a 7 o'clock tip-off right here, and you can listen uh, in Wichita, NewmanJets.com, slash listen all over the world, actually, and watch com slash Newman. I know that, Steve, you'd love to see you out here in the gym, 7 o'clock for the tip-off. Have a great season, and we'll see you tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you. We will be back with Jordan Cooterer, new SID for the Jets, coming up after this. Let's face it, it's been a while since you updated your kitchen and bathroom. And while they fit your style when your house was built, styles change. Or maybe the space just isn't fitting your current needs. That's where Keystone Solid Surfaces comes in. Keystone is the premier fabricator and installer of quartz, granite, and solid surfaces in Kansas. And with their huge brand new showroom at 1655 North Wabash in Wichita, providing the perfect inspiration, the possibilities are truly endless. That's why when it's time for an upgrade, the key is Keystone. KeystoneSolidSurfaces.com or find great specials on Facebook. Book. The Newman Jets are now full members of the MIAA. Now, we need your full support. Help the Jets soar by joining the Aviator Club, Newman's premier level of athletic support. Your assistance directly impacts student-athletes and can be designated for facilities, uniforms, media coverage, or your favorite team. Receive exclusive benefits and support the Navy in Red at newmanjets.com slash aviatorclub. That's newmanjets.com slash aviatorclub. Or call 316-942-4291 and ask for athletics. Wrapping up our Jetcast here today as we talk a little bit behind the scenes today. We've kind of 
blended between going back and forth talking about the previous season. Of course, we're really excited about basketball season. And one guy who has been covering it all is Newman's new sports information director, Jordan Kudera. Jordan, I appreciate it. I know you've been very much anticipating your debut oh, yeah. on the show. So thank you so much for being a part of it. Yeah, great to be here. Well, you know, you uh, are pretty new to Wichita. You came in kind of thinking you were going to be in a totally different position. We'll talk about that in a second. But first of all, uh, what's kind of been the transition like for you to, to be in uh, a, a Wichita resident now? Uh, it's kind of different. Uh, right now I'm still living at the dorms, so I don't really have my own place yet. But uh, Wichita kind of reminds me of a smaller Cincinnati. I mean, we got the minor league hockey team. We have the same uh, minor league hockey team in Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Cyclones. Got to go watch a couple Wichita Thunder games so far. Really enjoyed it. Um, got got out to a couple baseball games, sure. Wichita wind surge. So I still got that Cincinnati being a big baseball fan. So it's like being at home. Um, downtown area is not as big, but I mean I still enjoy it. Only five minutes away. Um, I really like I really like the transition so far. It kind of feels like I'm I'm at home even though I'm w- away from home. Well, and, and it, you know you mentioned that you're still living in the dorms. Obviously, well, let's get to that. You were hired here. You were going to be the graduate assistant, kind of cutting your teeth on learning sports information, and obviously with the idea that you'd pursue, you know, an SID job in, you know, typically it's a kind of a one or two year track and and depending on what your degree of study is and how that goes. But, you know, all all of a sudden coach Ealing leaves and, you know, Zach goes to his spot and obviously there's a spot open. So now you go from having, okay, let's train you for this career. And now you have the career. What, what's that been like? Uh, it's, it's been a blast so far. Um, getting to work with uh, one, of my, one of my best friends, Zach, and then now my graduate assistant, uh, Alex Glick. It's really been fun. Um, I was planning on being a graduate assistant for, I had that in my mind for like the last year ever since Zach took the job uh, when he transitioned into it as a graduate assistant. Uh, that he did. So I went through my whole senior year. I'm like, wow, I can't wait to be a graduate assistant next year. And then we get to the summer, and I hear rumors that uh, Zane Ealing might be leaving. I'm like, oh, wow. So uh, came in here, uh, got to work with Zane for three weeks. Uh, I worked with Zane in the past, actually, when I interned here uh, sure. two times. So it was a pleasure to work with him. But then I get told, hey, would you like to transition and become the full-time SID? We'll train you, and then uh, you'll learn the ropes as you go. And I instantly said yes. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I like being a GA, but the, working half days was nice at first. Sure. I, I mean, a little I'll, bit more than half days now. Oh, yeah. I, I love it, though. I, I get to come in, and I get to do what I've always wanted to do uh, ever since I had the passion for it since high school. Um, so every day, like, I, it doesn't feel like a job to me. It feels like something I love doing. And if you love what you do, it's never going to feel like a job. What do you, what's your background? Obviously, you mentioned you and Zach are kind of baseball buddies from back in the day. Uh, you both attended the same school, correct? Yeah. Uh, so I was actually a transfer. I went to Wittenberg University. It's in Springfield, Ohio, east of Dayton, uh, about 20 minutes from the University of Dayton campus. And I had Tommy John surgery, one of the worst surgeries that you can ever have as a baseball player for all you baseball players watching this. Uh, position i was a pitcher and then that that that's really bad for pitchers yeah and then i transitioned to outfield as i got the surgery but um i wasn't happy with the situation i was at so i uh, ended up transferring to earlham college one of my uh, best friends at the time uh, james grace uh found out i was leaving wittenberg he talked to the head coach and then next thing you know uh, following season i was at earlham and then me and i didn't really know zach at first i kind of thought he was a weird guy to be honest <laughs> and then uh turns out uh leaving baseball practice we were both big volleyball fans he asked me if i wanted to come watch a volleyball game with him found out we're both columbus blue jacket hockey fans wow. and then that's when our friendship started and we've never looked back since and 
uh, played on the same team for a year and a half, and then COVID shut that down. Still stayed in touch when he came here. Talked every day, played PlayStation every day. We both found out we had the same career ambitions, and then here we are working together now. Here we are, the Navy and Red. And, boy, with you guys both both being volleyball guys, you know, we had Coach Compton on earlier in the show, and I know that the record, you know, hopefully that's going to improve. But, boy, they, they were really exciting to watch. You can just see the potential on that team, can't you? Oh, yeah. I So I started all the home games. Um, I didn't get so I really didn't get to like sit there and like soak it all in. Like, yeah, all, you don't get to appreciate. In, in Volleyball is one of the hardest to stat, isn't it? Oh, it it's it was hard at first. I struggled the first couple of games, but then like I I felt like I could do it with my eyes closed. But that volleyball team is really fun to watch. They're all great people. It's fun. It was fun seeing them succeed on the court earlier in the season, and they didn't get the results they wanted towards the end. But the future is bright for our volleyball program. I'm excited to watch them next year. So a Cincinnati guy, so I'm assuming, and that there is a Bengals uniform hanging oh, in yeah. his office. Um, I'm so, so I'm assuming Bengals, Reds guy. And you said you mentioned Blue Jackets as well. So yes. kind of the whole Cincy sensation. is it, every Everything Cincy, that's all what you're about. Um, I actually, I was a Yankees fan growing up. I was a big Derek Jeter fan. How did that happen? So, uh for all of you gaming nerds out there, for I, my favorite gaming system growing up was the GameCube by Nintendo. Favorite Great ba- choice. By favorite the way. favorite baseball game was MVP Baseball 2005, and this was when I was first like I was about five years old when I first got this game. I would play it every day, and my <laughs> my favorite team to play with was the New York Yankees, obviously because they were the best team out there. And uh, I'm sure Derek Jeter was rated very highly oh, in that game. Oh yeah, so I, I would play it all the time. And then he that's was a cover athlete, wasn't he? It was Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez was a cover athlete. And so I, I would play that game all the time. That's when I became a Yankees fan. And then once I started really getting into baseball, like once I started watching on TV, just became a diehard Reds fan. Kind of sucks to say that because not the not the most successful team in recent years or <laughs> not really in really year. any years. Um, but. Yeah, I've been, I've been a big Cincinnati Reds fan. Uh, my dad's a big Bengals fan. I remember when I was little, he'd always watch them on the TV. I remember the first time I ever watched them, 2005, that first time they made the playoffs in, I think, maybe 15 or 16 years. I always would see how, how like excited my dad would be watching them. And then I, I didn't really pay attention to them as much as, as I hate saying this. I was a Browns fan for a couple of years once wow. I got tired of being a Bengals fan. <laughs> and then Mike Brown and Zach Taylor started putting the pieces together, so I slowly started coming back. Yeah, well, that, now he's back. Well, I, I was an all-star baseball guy on GameCube, actually. That that was my preference. Um, and, man, the uh, – you got to be pretty excited about your Bengals right now. That, uh, that AFC Championship game for me as a Chiefs fan is not one that I like to think about. Uh, it's one I like to think about. <laughs> I bet, I bet uh, it is. Yeah. Uh, I Going to the games growing up, it, I would always see a bunch of losses. I remember one of the remember one of the, <laughs> one of the first ones I ever saw, me and my uh, graduate assistant, Alex Glick, behind the camera there. We went to watch them play the Colts. They ended up winning by, I think, a touchdown. That was the first ever Bengals when I saw in person. And then uh, just seeing them this year, it, it is so fun to watch. Uh, it's, finally, it's finally nice waking up on Sunday going, wow, we're going to win today. Yeah, you know, it, it is. As a KU football fan, I can relate to exactly what you're going through. I know that one of your goals this year for Newman has been to kind of expand coverage and get more stuff out to more of the teams. Mm-hmm. And then I know that you've got plans in the future to, to just basically increase. Can you just, just talk a little bit about what your goals are in terms of increasing the coverage that you're providing to Jet fans. And by the way, if you are a Jet fan, no matter what sport, NewmanJets.com, of course, is your best place, at NewmanJets on Twitter. If you'd like to get 
and stay up to date. Like, share, and subscribe, all those pages. And you can find Newman Athletics on Facebook as well. But what are some of your goals in order to increase the coverage, the amount of coverage, and also the quality of coverage that we're providing to, to Newman Athletics? So, yeah, someone who's big on social media, uh, I think Twitter, Instagram, not, not so much Facebook anymore, but now TikTok, now that that's popular. All the social media sites, every athlete's on it. Every, athlete's, every athlete looks at that, and you see all these departments that are like pouring in all, the, all this money and all this time and effort to where they're trying to get graphics, video content as quick as possible, as much as possible, because high school athletes will see that, and high school athletes will want to go to the place that they're going to be promoted the best. And at a Division two school in uh, Wichita, Kansas, I think that's a great opportunity for our athletes to like show that we appreciate them, that w- we want to promote them, get all their stuff out there, not not just for high school athletes to see, but for our own players to see, for potential college transfers to even see. Um, I, I think social media is is very big, and as one of one of the things that I was once I got here as a graduate assistant, one of the things I wanted to do was make our graphic uh, designs look a lot better. Uh, me and uh, my graduate assistant, Alex Glick, and Zach Brake, uh, we spent a lot of time making our graphics. Um, we didn't get to do as much as we wanted to do in the fall due to the transition that was going on. And we didn't have as much help as we would have liked to in the fall. But now that we're in winter season, we got more time on our hands. And so I'm trying to make basketball look as great as possible, trying to make bowling look as great as possible, both men's, men's and women's for each side, trying to make wrestling look as great as possible on social media. And so far, uh, graphic design-wise, I think we're doing a great job. Oh, ab- uh, absolutely. But uh, the, vi- the video part is one of my big goals for the future. Um, we, don't, we don't have all the stuff that we would like to have for that just sure. yet, but that, that is a big goal for me. Um, I spent a lot of time in the office outside of work just trying to, like, gain those skills that I would need for sure. not, not just videos but for, for everything in this job, just being new, um, being young, uh, living right across the street from the campus. Uh, I end up going home around 5 o'clock, and then I sit sit down in my room, and I'm like, well, I'm bored. I want to go back and start working on some stuff sure. for later this week. And I, I end up doing that a lot, and next thing you know, it, instead of me being here from 9 o'clock to 5 o'clock, it's 9 o'clock to 11 o'clock at night just working on some stuff. It, it can happen for sure, especially this time of year. Now that we're a little bit different now that we're through the transition. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, through that transition period, uh, yeah, it can be some very long hours. And I know that as a baseball guy uh, – Looking ahead here to second semester, obviously, we're hoping for some really nice seasons coming up for men's and women's basketball. But uh, I know you're probably interested to get out there to the Diamond Sports Complex as well to see some baseball and softball. Oh, yeah. Uh, Being a big, passionate baseball fan as a a former uh, college baseball player myself, I kind of see what these athletes see, the way that they want to be promoted, the stuff that they want to see on social media, the type of content they want. So it's going to be exciting to go out there and watch them succeed on the field and then take everything that they do on the field, put it on social media for not just Newman fans to see, but MIAA uh, fans, all these other schools to show them like, hey, Newman University is ready to make some noise. Jordan Cooter already making noise in the graphics, on the page. He's doing it all here for us. Thanks so much for the time. Thank great, you. Ha- great to have you on the show. Thank you. That is our show for this week. Once again, we are off for Thanksgiving again tonight, 7 o'clock. For the tip-off, Newman versus Sterling College. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with our next show. And so until then, happy Thanksgiving. And Blake Cripps in Wichita saying go Jets.